Good morning. Welcome to 89.9 FM radio. Coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in this uh, beautiful summer day. I'm here with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Good, mo- good morning, David. Hey, Jan. Great to be with you today. Beautiful day here. Yeah, really yeah, nice lovely. day. Lovely. Yeah. And again, we're happy you, you tuned in today. Um, you know, <clears throat> the past several weeks, David, we've been talking about uh, the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people think that this is the only realm there is, what we see, feel, touch right here in this world. But there's yeah. so much more if you go with the what the Bible says, which what we're trying to do is establish a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And part of that worldview is it explains a lot about the unseen, about, of course, about God. It explains about heaven, but it also explains about angels and demons. Okay, yeah. and we look from yeah. actually from Genesis, the first book, to the last book, yeah. all these instances where you get some kind of angelic activity or demonic activity in the affairs of men. And we went from different ways, like I think we looked at how angels affect the lives of believers. It says in Hebrews chapter 1 that they're sent by God to be ministering spirits to help those that believe in God. We've seen that the angel came and delivered Peter when he was in prison in Acts of the Apostles. Mm -hmm. Book of Daniel, we see an angel coming and bringing a revelation uh, to Daniel when he's in uh, captivity. So there's many functions, if you will, of these. But essentially, God created these beings, uh, angelic beings, with with free will. They're very powerful, and they were in the presence of God, and it's suggested in uh, that maybe Satan turns. He doesn't want to obey God. He doesn't want to worship God. He actually wants to be like God. We looked at that in Isaiah chapter 14, right. Ezekiel 28. <clears throat> yeah. And perhaps he takes a third of the <clears throat> angelic realm with him mm-hmm. in his rebellion. They're cast out of the presence of God. And this will become what we commonly call the demonic, the demonic or the demon yeah. world. And as we studied last week in Ephesians, there seemed to be a hierarchy, both of angels. You know, you have Michael, mm-hmm. you have Gabriel who are archangels, then you have lesser angels. So, too, this applies to Satan and his demonic. He is the head. He's, I mean, he's, it says that. He is head over the demonic forces, and they also have a hierarchy in power. Powers, principalities, spiritual whirlers, and darkness. And so that's where we kind of went through. I think we did a pretty good detailed conversation the past couple weeks, David. Absolutely. So let's pick up some current um, conflict we see today or Mm -hmm. areas where um, we know that the Bible clearly says that a believer's main Opposition comes from the world, which is this fallen world mm-hmm. we live in. Yeah. Uh, the flesh, which is our own natural flesh, our mm-hmm. impulses and uh, appetites and desires that yeah. may not line up with mm-hmm. God's will. Therefore, we have to crucify the flesh and the demonic. So you have those three areas and they overlap and sometimes sometimes right. they're more obvious. But uh, I will launch into that, David. I know you had some things you've been researching on that. Yeah, well... Janet, it's a really important subject, and and because we're closing the topic today, I think one of the key things that we were talking about before the show is kind of the tools that, you know, the enemy and Satan uses. And when you take a look at 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, it says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age, which is the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And um, 
you know, I, I think when when you look at the current situation today with the pandemic, with the rioting, with the closed businesses, with the people locked in their homes, um, this really hits that verse uh, in terms of how he can blind people um, to not see the light of the gospel and the glory of God. And one of the big things that I have seen is you see people pacifying themselves in other ways mm. other than the Bible, whether it's, uh, you know, alcohol, drugs, um, you know, pornography, whatever it is. Um, and so I think it's really important to just maybe talk to our listeners today about um, kind of the basics of how he blinds us okay. to look at the gospel, you know, just for a little yeah. bit. If you okay. have thoughts on that or how how do you, you know, what do you see in your network and people that have come up to you with those challenges? Yeah, it's a good it's a good uh, starting point here, Dave. It says, okay, if the gospel is veiled, never hidden, mm -hmm. it is veiled to those who are perishing. These means lost. You're not mm -hmm. saved. You're yeah. not walking yeah. in the light. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded and do not believe. Now, unless they come to the light. So you mm -hmm. see light and darkness, salvation and lostness here. Yeah. Well, if in Matthew 13... It was. It will show you clearly in the parable of the sower, right? That it says um, Jesus in verse fourteen says, "Hearing you hear, you shall not understand; and seeing you will see and not perceive." So there's some kind of a veil or a blindness upon right. these people. Yeah. He gives this parable of the sower and the seeds, and it goes out. We know what happens. Well, it falls on rocky ground, and he says, "The birds come." And snatch it away, verse 19. You see that? Verse, look at verse 18 and 19. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Okay. Now, yep. it tells us a lot right here. Oh, yeah. Number one, he hears the word. Remember it said in 2 yep. Corinthians they're blinded to the gospel. They hear the word of the kingdom, that's the gospel message, mm -hmm. and does not understand it. Then the wicked one, that's demonic, comes and snatches it away, that which was sown where? In his heart. Yeah. So here we see demonic activity to keep people in darkness. It's very right. obvious. Yeah. I'll give you an example in my own life. When I was in basic training at Fort Knox, Kentucky in 1968 during the Vietnam War, at, um, a little church came in from Louisville and was taking anybody that wanted to go to an evening service. Right. After my buddy yeah. and I wanted to get off base, yeah. so right. we went. Yeah. And there the gospel was being preached, right? I always remember, it was yeah. a little church, maybe yeah. 150 yeah. people. But I, my heart wasn't ready to receive. Now, part of it's my fault, but part of it could have been demonic influences that were active in my life at that time. I don't yeah. know. But uh, to this day, I can remember, because I was 19 years old, and it just didn't penetrate. Mm -hmm. I wish it had. I would have mm -hmm. saved a lot of heartache. But it did not penetrate. I didn't come to Christ till almost till I was age 27. But you see, something blinded mm -hmm. me. Now it could have been my own mm -hmm. ignorance, or it could have been some demonic kind of um, yeah. influence. But the Bible, Jesus suggests, and the Bible expands on what you just read in Second Corinthians. There is a veil. There is a blindness. That's why you wonder. You know, people hear the gospel. They yeah. they, they they hear a message, or they hear something on the radio, or a friend shares it with them. And they just go blank. They can't receive it. Yeah. They get, that's demonic. I mean, that that could be personal, but it mm -hmm. also could have a, you know, uh, this idea of a, yeah. a hardening of somehow that you can't yeah. receive it. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that today, you know, all around. I mean, I'm amazed. 
uh, I was watching the news the other night, and Billy Graham, uh, I'm sorry, Franklin Graham came on. They're building a big hospital up in right. uh, uh, Alaska. Mm -hmm. But he gave such a clear message of how to receive Christ and how to pray and how to get more information. Well, how many received that? My assumption is a lot, you know, yeah. significant number. But yeah. how many did they hear it? Yeah. They're just like, oh, brother, yeah. you know, it's just like an interruption from the news yeah. or something. So what? What? Who, who did that? I mean, yeah. was it the person himself? Yeah. Was there some demonic activity mm -hmm. involved? But it's big. It's a so, big problem. So, so, John, in your case, um, with you and Marie, your uh -huh. wife Marie, when you have a challenge, are you not seeing as many challenges now because he's recognizing that he can't mess with you guys, or that you're too strong with the sword, the word of God, and that you can, you know, have him flee, as it says in James. Or, you know, but, but how do you do it? Like when something comes on you or your children, um, just for the listeners, I mean, how do you hunker down and get him to flee? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Again, uh, I think it was last week we talked about the resources we have as a believer. Yeah, um, yeah. First and foremost, we have to understand that if, you're, if you've come to Christ and you've been cleansed by the blood of Christ, you're right. a new creature in Christ. Right. Like it says in 2 Corinthians, um, once you come to Christ, yeah. then it says, uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the excellency of the power of Christ. Once you receive that, yeah. right from the get-go then, you, you're, you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Number two, you should have, that deals with guilt. Mm -hmm. In other words, I can't go back and redo my life before yeah. I came to Christ. Yeah. But the guilt and the penalty for sin has been removed right. because Jesus took it mm -hmm. at the cross yeah. for me, and yeah. I deserved it. Amazing grace. Mm -hmm. Then it says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So we, we, I think a lot of us as believers do not know how heavily resourced we are. Yeah. Let me say that. Yeah. Then it'll say in uh, James chapter 4, um, submit yourselves therefore to God. Mm -hmm. He gives grace to the humble. Then having done that, resist the devil and he mm -hmm. will flee He'll from flee you. From you so what's yeah. suggested there is that's why we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You want your will done in my life, in your life. Once we come under that, doesn't mean that we're not going to be attacked or tempted. Oh, no. Because yeah. it even says about Jesus, mm -hmm. the enemy leaves him for a season. Right. Remember in the wilderness? Yeah. Well, when did he return? After Peter said, remember Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, flesh and blood have not told you this, Simon, but my heavenly father has revealed this to you. Now I must go to Jerusalem, be betrayed, mocked, crucified and what does peter say don't do oh, it yeah no right. and what did jesus say to him get behind me satan get behind me satan right so yeah. that was a temptation there right to keep him from his purpose of coming mm -hmm. to earth to die on yeah. behalf of us do you, do you understand yeah. here you, yeah look at this and, and 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 that's important because you know part of this blinding is you'll even see like you just pointed out even jesus's family yeah you know, it's your friends, sometimes it's your family, sometimes it's your business colleagues, your children, your spouse, that that he can use to get you off track. Yeah. Uh, and so... That's a good point, David. I, I mean, think yeah. they're not... doesn't mean they're demon-possessed or right. something like... But they might think of an insult or think yeah. of something they can say to you mm -hmm. or do. Yeah. They don't realize how yeah. that can hurt you. Yeah. I mean, it, this is why bullying is so bad. I mean... Yes. But it, you carry with it. Well, where did that Bible calls them fiery darts? Mm -hmm. Is it just from human origin? Well, yes. good. You, could something have slipped in there? Like yeah. Peter mm -hmm. allowed something to slip in, however mm -hmm. that happened. Right. I'm not 
for sure. Yeah. But he goes from one time to saying, mm -hmm. Peter, you received this revelation from God. Yeah. It's not from the human sources. Right. And then he says, get thou behind me, Satan. You don't savor us the things of God. Yes. You know, yeah. this is pretty important. Well, you, you know, what's interesting <laughs> is, is sometimes it seems like when we've tried to do this show mm -hmm. and focus on either believers or unbelievers, it's like we have to mesh them both together. Yeah, right. That's you know, so point. there's really no way to single out unbelievers and believers. So even though we wanted to talk a lot about it. You know, so right now, John, with everything going on um, in the world, um, what do you see? H how do you interpret it? And, you know, how are you moving through it? And what advice are you giving unbelievers right. and believers who might not be strong, who are just those seeds on the path? No, no, I think but, that's... But they're searching for something. They're searching for some kind of, you know, information. Yes. To, to help them understand what's going on in their world at this point. Well, I think yeah. that's a great question, Dave. It's a big question. but And even the economy, we haven't seen anything hit the U.S. like this in 80 years or plus, uh, yeah, 80 right. years. So you have to keep all, put all that in perspective. Okay. One of the, what's dominating present day right now is fear. Yeah. I'm telling you straight oh, up. Oh, you're right. When COVID hit, everything mm -hmm. we trusted in, mm -hmm. just about, okay, your work, your income, your children's schooling, your health, your mor your, your mm -hmm. mortality. I mean, we know somebody that died from mm -hmm. so my yeah. point being yeah. that all yeah. those security, when things mm -hmm. are pulled away from you like that, fear mm -hmm. rises up. Oh, yeah. What's going to happen tomorrow? Am I going to have a job? Are my mm -hmm. children going to start school? Mm -hmm. That's natural. You know, it's not yes. when a threat, you, you see an approaching threat, right. we're built to respond in a certain way. But you cannot be dominated by fear. Yes. And here's what you were discussing earlier, David. If we are fearful, right. uh, usually you, you have two basic mechanisms, fight or flight. You're going to confront right. it or you're going to get away from it. Right. Many people today pick what I call flight. They will go into addictions. They will go into uh, drug, alcohol, mm -hmm. or emotional. Yes. Anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. withdrawal. Uh, and now this can result in, they're, they're seeing high incidence of this, domestic abuse, um, yeah, suicide, uh, all these escapism, all this yeah. uh, Now, that's the world. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that now, because as a believer, again, we are equipped in a unique way. What do I mean by that? This is not our home. Okay, it's very transitory here. Number one, I always say to people, mm -hmm. when everything is changing around you, get with that which doesn't change. Right. What I mean by that, the word of God is not going to change. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall endure forever. Right. When these guys were writing these letters, the yeah. Gospels or Paul writing Corinthians, mm -hmm. within a span of about 30 years, the, the the land of Israel, Jerusalem, the temple, everything was going to be scorched earth. That, that, it was mm -hmm. gone. The yeah. Romans came in. It's in the history yeah. books. It's one of the greatest yeah. destructions ever. Those that weren't killed were taken away as prisoners. Some suggest in Matthew 24, Jesus says, when you see these things happen, get out, go get out of here, you know, early to get the Christians out. I'm not, people debate that, but nevertheless, we can draw on resources that are given to us by God, not our own strength, to help in these very difficult times. Yeah. Number one uh, is, is fellowship. Mm -hmm. There's tremendous strength in fellowship. It says in Ecclesiastes, a three, a three, uh, Three-tier cord is not easily broken. Three-strand right. cord is not easy. So there's definitely strength in fellowship. 
Number two is just to be in the scriptures and to try to memorize scripture, a verse, a two, yes. a three, a verse, yeah. you know, maybe particularly about faith or fear or, you know, mm -hmm. the kind of antidote. Prayer. What do I mean by that is we, sometimes we don't pray until we're in a crisis. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes we don't look up until we're down. Yeah. My point being, uh, we, we can learn to pray again. Yeah. You know, pray. If you, I have a little, we'll do a whole thing on prayer, but the, some people say, I have a difficult time praying. It's not easy to pray. Well, do this. Look at the prayers that are listed in the gospel. You know, like um, the Our Father, what we call the Lord's Prayer. There's two prayers in Ephesians. There's a specific prayer in Colossians. Several of the Psalms are prayers. Pray them. Pray them out loud. If you still have problem, get with other people that know how to pray, and they'll strength, that'll strengthen your prayer. Mm -hmm. If you can't if you can't pray for an extended period of time, in let's say in the morning, yeah. pray several short times through the day. In other words, cultivate whatever we really want to do. We can cultivate it. I mean, if you want to be a good golfer, you put in the time and yeah. you put the effort, and yeah. you're going to become a pretty good golfer. You want to be a good painter. If you want to be a good entrepreneur, put in your time. It's a law. Whatever we sow, we reap. You can, you know, how much. So prayer is another big thing. Um, I think journaling is a good time at this because it, you can look back on it years from now and right. see what you went through and right. how you went through it. And another thing is, I think look for opportunities because there's people around us that are in that category of anxious. Right. Yeah. And you know, just yeah. today or yeah. yesterday, you yeah. had a situation. Yeah. Right. And so. To say not to say we can't be affected by the uncertainties because we're in this world, you know, mm -hmm. a business mm -hmm. goes south or mm -hmm. this happens, but we are so much more resourced. That's why Paul will say, um, actually, right in this very chapter, Second Corinthians chapter four, yeah, uh, verse sixteen. Look what he says there in verse sixteen. Go ahead and read it, John. I, Therefore, I we do not lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day, day by day. That tells us a lot. Number one, don't get discouraged. My Bible says don't lose heart, even yeah. though the outward man is perishing. Well, my physical body is perishing. I'm yeah. not getting healthier and healthier and healthier. You know, I'm, yeah. if yeah. I'm run, I can't run as fast as or long oh, sure. as I used to as a yeah. kid. So that's the truism. Our outward man, that's our body is perishing. But notice this, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Mm -hmm. But do you want, how do you, how do you renew your inward man? Now that's a whole other Radio That's a whole session, show. <laughs> but there's ways to renew the yeah, inner man. Obviously, it's being in the world uh, or being in the word yeah, and following, becoming a believer, and in and, and asking God. There's actually a yeah. prayer in the Scripture mm -hmm. about strengthening the inner man. Yeah. Don't don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the inner. You know, mm -hmm. all of these kinds of things are there. So this is a this is an assignment for us. See, Christianity is not static. You know, you get saved. Yep. That's it. Neutral. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, I'm going to go to heaven. Christianity is what they call dynamic. It's growing. It's evolving. Uh, we we're, we're go from a child, from a baby to a child, to an, a you know, young man, to an adult, you know, in our spiritual maturity, if we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. For he says, for we, I'm sorry, uh, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, that's all this time here is. It's, you know, <laughs> in yeah. light of eternity, it's yeah. like five minutes. Right. It's working us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. That's all this stuff around us. 
but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, it's interesting. We're talking about unseen things, mm -hmm. angels and demons. Now, there's other unseen things like yeah. heaven and God. Mm -hmm. The soul, we don't see the mm -hmm. soul, but the scripture clearly tells us that's the most important part. That's why Jesus played, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? He loses his soul. So you see, the Bible gives us entry into the invisible realm. The, yes, and th that is extremely important when we think about the fact. I mean, I, I always had the same mentality, John, and we grew up the same way. Mm -hmm. We were both Roman Catholic. We were server boys. Um, and I always thought I had time. Mm -hmm. I had time to, to get into the Word when I'm older and retired. Yeah. That was always my philosophy. I didn't really realize I might not be around when I'm right. older. <laughs> right. What right do I have to say that I'm going to be here tomorrow? You know, it's it's in God's hands. That's right. But I, I think what I found is the sooner you can get in the Word and the sooner um, you get into the Word with the right people, you realize the strength you have. Now more than ever, when you think about the 80-year economic impact of this, the largest we've seen in 80-plus years, the, the world health situation, which is going to change the way we go anywhere in the future and the protocols we're going to have to do. Um, so I, I think for me, it is such a gift, and that's what I'm hoping we're conveying to people, whether it's the unbeliever, mm -hmm. Even the believer that is kind of struggling right sure. now, and we could even go down that parable and talk about that. No, but I, because this could break the back of the camel, what we're going through right mm -hmm, now sure. for a lot of people, this right. could break the back of the camel. And so um, I think that's really where even just having this discussion with you is is strengthening. Mm. Um, you yeah. know, you know, David, I used when I used to teach uh, more yeah. more than I do now. I used to tell people. One of the problems we Americans have is we always think that tomorrow is going to be like today. See, that's a false reality. Heck yeah. We uh, think we, that yeah. tomorrow is going to be like today. We don't mm -hmm. know. The Bible yeah. clearly says, don't boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day might bring forth. Yeah. Well, like you say, we're in uncharted waters. We don't know how everything is going to... But the church was born in very uncharted waters. It was. Yes, a very, it was. very menacing, hostile environment, yeah. a first century. Mm -hmm. They simply didn't survive. They thrived. You know, they, they grew and they mm -hmm. grew powerfully. And they, they made mistakes. And you see it in the letters and the seven churches and the epistles. Yeah. But we have an opportunity, I believe, as, as believers to get strong, to, to be strong, to be in God's word, to pray for others, to reach out to others and to be looking for those opportunities where somebody comes to you and says, boy, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of anxious about what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen next year. Well, you, you can kind of say, hey, you know what? We can pray together. We've got yeah. this Bible study group starting up. Some of these questions might be answered. You might be encouraged. Right. And those are the kind of things we can offer. And, you know, John, this is one of my, one of my favorite quotes. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you and I first met and the markets crashed yes. and that whole thing, I was like looking at you and you were so happy. You know, you were content. You were talking to me like... Hey man, this is just a bump on the road, mm -hmm. you know. And I like your um, metaphor where you said, "Dave, it's like a highway. You're gonna, you know, just keep going." Right now, you're you're going through some potholes, but it's clear sailing. Mm -hmm. When you look at Matthew six twenty-five to thirty-four, you see what Jesus said: "Do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear." It is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away 
in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So, um, you know, and then Jesus goes on to say, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is another issue for itself. Just focus on today. Yeah, because today has its own joys. I mean, if if you don't focus on today, even in difficult times, you miss stuff like having a dinner with your family or talking with a friend or going out into the park. You lose it. It's hemorrhaged, so to speak, because you're worried about tomorrow. Well, all right, well, I don't even know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. You know, so I'm going to enjoy this day, even though it's not, maybe it wasn't as good as yesterday was, but it's still today. Mm -hmm. I'm breathing Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, all of these things. Because, again, we tend to notice what we don't have rather than focus on what we do have. That's That's the whole thing with advertising. You know, yeah. new, improved, better, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. get you to, to feel a somewhat uh, unfulfilled unless mm-hmm. you buy this this next thing. Mm-hmm. Well, what we have is a really good thing in Christ, you know, and, you know, again, I, my thing is we're very highly resourced. We're gifted, not because of what we did, but again, you feel weak in prayer, get with people mm-hmm. to pray. You feel weak in the Bible and scriptures, get with people that can teach or people that discuss scriptures all the time. Uh, if you feel fearful, get with people that have faith. Get That's what God has provided with us. Mm-hmm. You see, that's what yeah. he's given us. Now, if we yeah. isolate, see, this goes to your original question, David, people today and mm-hmm. how do they respond to these uncertainties. Yeah. A lot of them isolate. Yeah. That you don't want to do. Yeah. You know, I'm going to yeah. just stay in my apartment and play yeah. video games and watch Netflix. Well, you can only do that so much. Yeah, and but, but what happens when we do that? Uh, I, the famous verse 1 Peter 5, 8. Uh, he, the Satan is our adver- uh, adversary who prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, devour. That's so true. When you think of nature and you picture nature, like you're, you're down in a scene in Africa yeah. for Mutual Omaha's Wild Kingdom, what's the lion doing? He sees the herd and he's just waiting in the underbrush for that little baby to come out. Oh, yeah. You know, whether it's an elk or, you know, a baby elephant, whatever it is, he just waits for the right time and being alone is uh is really where where he thrives because he can pluck that off easily he's not going to go after the herd yeah right i mean no, the elk no. will kill him they'll pin him down i mean they're going to use their what i mean so the whole the it, it ties into your what you just said about getting around people that are feeding into you in a positive right, way and even right. for an unbeliever if they don't know the Lord, feeding, getting around people that are feeding to you, into you in a positive way. Yeah. Until you can figure this out, or the churches reopen in your community, um, and that's a whole other thing. I mean, the virtual stuff's great, but man, I really wish we were open and. Oh moving. yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. God willing. Yeah. Well, it says in Proverbs, "He that walketh with wise men shall be wise." Right. Just hang out mm-hmm. with those people that can strengthen your faith. But go to your point in Peter. I think it's very interesting what you quote in Peter: uh, "Be awake, be alert, mm-hmm. for your enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour." Well, who's writing that? What's well, the Holy Spirit? But he's using Peter. Right. Now, what was it with Peter that he'd be very mindful of that kind of verse, that kind of warning? Remember what Jesus said to him? Oh, yeah. Satan, he says, Simon, yeah. Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. Yes. But I prayed for you that after you're converted, uh, you will teach the brethren. Or you That's will in Luke twenty two thirty one. 31. Yeah. Simon, right Simon, there. behold, Satan has asked to have you that he may sift you like wheat. 
Um, so, so he's very conscious of that, that yeah. he's a roaring lion. He was going to sift him. That, that, that word sifting is like a crunching, eating, yeah. you know. But, I, to me, it means going after every aspect of your life. Yeah. To, 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 to just just pick pr- picking at you. But you Jesus, know, one notice one thing. thing. Satan yeah. is limited. He's, he's asked permission to do mm-hmm. that. Remember like Job? That's, that's, a, that's one. an excellent Number point. two, yeah. but prayer was offered for him mm-hmm. that he was going to be able to resist him. And Peter did fail because he, he it says here in Luke, yeah. after they arrested Jesus, yeah. he follows from afar off. And then he's sitting with these soldiers and sinners outside the courtyard. And then a the little girl says, are you his, the, the apostle? He goes, no, no, I'm not one of them. I'm one. And he denies him three times, right? He was in. He, he could have been killed that night because when he goes to right. the garden and cuts off that guy's ear, they would have lopped his head off no if kidding. Jesus didn't heal him no right kidding. away. Yeah. So Peter is very conscious of the enemy out there looking whom he may devour. Yeah, and you know, boy, that's a whole nother show. You know, we've touched on it about uh, the fact that Satan's on a leash, and you know, and God really. He has to get approval on everything he does before he's able to do it. And you ask yourself, well, well, how is that benefiting Simon to have him sifted like wheat? And so I'd love love to hear your answer on that. I mean, I guess from my own situation, I know that having been in this Christian walk the past 10 years with you, um, I have seen that the challenges have allowed me to become stronger right. in my faith right because when things are out of your control or they're too much for you that's really when the word comes in where it gives you strength or you say i, I give this to you yeah right you know jesus right. uh, lord it's yours and you just pray through it and then hey, hey man that's when the supernatural is in full force and you've got that armor then that flips on like we've been talking about where Jesus, you know, John, isn't it? It's like Christ comes right in front of us. We're putting on his armor, his strength, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is we're that the best way to visualize that? Yeah. He stands in front of us. Well, we're calling. Yeah. You know, we talked last week about putting on the full armor of God. We talked about that um, greater is he that's mm-hmm. in you than he that's in the world, First John chapter mm-hmm. 4. I believe it's verse 4. So we have the wherewithal. You know, oftentimes... If we don't wear the armor, yeah. if we're not, you know, soldiers don't operate alone. No. You know, they're in, they're in no. you know, the sheep don't hang out alone. They're yeah. in a flock. So, again, it comes back to the idea, stay coupled together. Now, I, you, I admit, because of this lockdown, we've been in virtual Bible mm-hmm. teaching, and mm-hmm. that's okay, but it's we look forward to. You want yeah. fellowship? Yeah. You want sharing of communion? You want praying for one another, singing together, uh, strategizing together? So, yeah, and I believe that's coming back rather soon. But uh, it taught us a lesson, I think, David. Number one, things we depend on in this world are not dependable. I mean, they can be gone very quickly. Absolutely. Number two, the most important thing is the people, I guess, we're locked in the house with. <laughs> our wife, our children, our, we have a pattern. I mean, it, those are the, the most important. Um, Maybe we got time through this thing to lock down or look into the scriptures or to write or to do something we wouldn't do otherwise. We're so busy. And I think that goes back to your original point of distraction. Mm -hmm. I think one of the major enemies of popular culture, of people coming to Christ or growing in Christ Mm -hmm. when you do come to Christ, is distraction. I really do. And I can't blame that all or place that all on Satan and demons. But it is a fallen world and it's a very highly 
paste world and it's images are being bought and for some reason modern man has increased that pace a little like the hamster on the wheel if if if, if i have a uh, a honda 2006 i need a honda this if i have a seven fifteen hundred square foot house i need a Three thousand square. We always think we need more and more, and I'll finally be happy if I can take that vacation to yes. Hawaii next year. If I <clears throat> well, one of the things this did is said, no, you can't travel. No, you can't go. You stay there. Stay right there. All right. What are you going to do now mm -hmm. in your house? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Lockdown isn't bad. When the Israelites were locked down at Passover, that was a pretty good place to be. Oh, when Noah and his family yeah. were locked down in well, Noah's house, it was a pretty good place well, to be. Well, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it, it, it is hard. Uh, especially when you're around people all the time and they can't get out. In other words, you know, you can't go to the movie theaters, yeah, right. you can't go to a restaurant or coffee shop. Those are starting to open now, which is great. The movie theaters are still closed. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, the drive-ins are not, but right, there's right. not that many of them. Yeah, that's right. But, um, <clears throat> but, but anyway, um, I, I think I have to remind myself of that, too, just because I get upset, you know, my anger kicks in for various things. And, you know, I have to remind myself how blessed we are and the fact that, that, you know, as you said, this is a testing ground. You know, this is where we develop our skills. And um, we have to kind of think about it like a military individual, whether you're a female or male. Right. It, you know, there's the movie Milan, that female warrior. You know, so the point is, and I do want to go see that, but anyway, that, that's either here or there. But the, 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 the reason I bring that up is both men and women have to think that way. Mm -hmm. Because they each have the right to put on the armor. And so, you know, women aren't built like guys in the sense that, you know, you don't see them mm -hmm. thinking like guys about battling when they're kids. You know, little little guys, out, you know, sword fighting. Women always grab the baby. But that's really what the way we have to think, John. This is a testing a te ground. To that point, David, let yeah. me read this. It's out of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. Yeah. God speaking to his people. He says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, mm -hmm. yeah. whether you would keep his commandments or not. Mm -hmm. Notice, he he takes them in the desert, he tests them, and <clears throat> it proved that their heart was yeah. unbelieving and yeah. they were embittered and mm -hmm. they judged Moses and all this. But God used that pressure mm -hmm. to reveal what was in here. Mm -hmm. You know, same way temptation came to Joseph when he was tempted by mm -hmm. Potiphar's wife. But he, he he resisted and he was exalted in this position. And Judah was tested um, by Tamar in a very same yeah. situation. And he succumbed to that. You yeah. see? So <clears throat> testing isn't always bad when it comes from the Lord because it reveals what's in our heart. Yeah, and... Um yeah, and, and I was just thinking about the quote um, that we just read from Jesus about the birds of the air. You know, yeah. they're not putting their food in barns because they know tomorrow it'll be there for them. Yes. You know, that's the trust they have. The is you know the Israelites in the desert they started to collect it and it. Remember the snakes came and then it, it turned you know moldy and it, you know and Moses said only take what you what you need. Right. It, man, is that a hard lesson for us? And you know I think about it uh, today and I think. Where where I really have been focused is really trying to make every day count. Right. And and that is so important even now, because you know when you start to look and you know um, I'm on a lot of these news wires for business or, you know, um, guys that are in um, in the healthcare space and they're talking, 
and it's it's a lot of negative back and forth, you know, about this being down, we're not certain of the future, we got to redesign this, that, and the other thing. And I think the, the good news is, even though we're going through a lot now, John, the people that were during Christ time went through a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, think of World War One and Two. Think of the Great Depression. Think of the Gulf War, um, 9-11. Think yeah. of the 2007 crash, which, which I was involved yeah. in. Um, so, you know, I, I think... I th yeah, th this is a real struggle, but I think this also could be... John, do you think this is some kind of way that the Lord is trying to get our attention to come to him and to unite and to realize there's strength in uniting as one? Well, yeah, I think if, I mean, if you turn to Luke chapter 13, um, I think God uses good times and bad times to draw us to himself. Sometimes it's just we live in a great yeah. world in the days it's uh -huh. sunny and yeah. got, you know but then hard times come but he can use that too look at chapter 13 and verse um, um, 1 through 3 repent or perish now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose uh, blood Pilate had, had mixed with their sacrifices Jesus answered do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Do you see what's going on here? Yeah. He's, this was a man-made disaster. The Herod, for what, uh, Pilate, I'm sorry, for whatever reason was killing these uh, hmm. Galileans. Perhaps yeah. they had come down to Jerusalem for Passover for the right. sacrifice that they right. mingled with their... And they're looking and says, oh, my goodness, you know, but Jesus takes it off them, uses this calamity, this 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 tragedy and points it at the uh, hearers that were surrounding him and says, uh, do you think there were sinners than all the Galileans? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will likewise use this incident, use this tragedy uh, as a point to repent and get right with God. Yeah. OK, now look at verse um Eight, uh, four, and five. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Salome fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. You see what he's saying? Now, yeah. this is a natural. Right. Probably they were building a tower and the wind blew or the, it was too watery at the base. Yeah. But he's saying in either instance, you're looking at this tragedy. Oh, my goodness, these people died. But he says... Use it, so to speak, for yourself, not just your physical body being involved in a tragedy, but that your soul, that you would repent and get right with God. Full circle coming to today, we should use this yeah. COVID and all yeah. this other stuff to realize we are not promised tomorrow. I mean, you could be, you know, knowing this guy, you hear he's got COVID or got something and he's mm -hmm. gone, you know. Mm -hmm. So point being, if it's, it's a bright, sunny, wonderful day out, and you see God's blessings, that's, the blessings should cause you to go to God, okay? Yeah. If it's a dark, stormy night and things are, that should cause you to go to God. See, good or bad times, they should drive us to God. To, to examine ourselves, am I a right standing with God? If you're not a believer, <laughs> get right with God. So, so how, how, does a, how does an unbeliever repent? Okay. So, so if somebody's listening and they're not a believer, what do they do, Jan? How do they go about it? Yeah, that's the good point, David. I mean, if you just go... To John chapter 3, verse mm -hmm. 16. For God so loved, just doesn't say he loved, but it says John he so, chapter 3. 
Verse 16, mm -hmm. for God so loved, not just love, but so loved, that amplifies that love, the world, that means everybody, right? that he gave, it's a gift, mm -hmm. it's a free gift, okay? Mm. His only begotten son, there's nobody else, there's not a prophet or guru or somebody else, his only begotten son, that whosoever, again, there's the welcome man, Every, whoever, whosoever yeah. believeth on him should not perish. Now there's the great warning. Don't go into eternity. Don't wait until you die to see if this is true. Perishing in the Bible means separation, separation from God. Okay, should not perish, but what? Have, not future, but have everlasting life. So God's done everything here. All he asked us to do is receive the free gift, David. So if somebody is listening to this today and says, boy, I don't know, I don't know. I would suggest you look at John chapter 3. I mean, they got this thing, and when you used to have football games, you'd see this placard yeah. up, John 3, 16. Yeah. But that's it. And if you, if you do that, like you did it or I did mm -hmm. it, <laughs> it'll change your life forever. It'll yeah. change the trajectory of your life. If you follow Christ after you receive Christ, you'll heal relationships, you'll see answers to prayer, and, and you'll be able to share good news with other people. We live in a world people need this good news, okay? And then, so what? You live yeah. 20 years, 30 more years, I don't know, you're gone. Then that's the big question mark. Right. But this gives you a certainty. Yes. You know, this gives you a certainty. Amen And that's that. why um, we're in a win and winning position it, here. It gives you stability. It, it gives you strength. And it, I think it has us all, uh, well, it has us look, at least from my own perspective, and I know in yours too, it, it puts things in perspective uh, and it allows you to manage through them because then you realize you don't need to figure out why something happened right. to you. Right, there you it go. It did. Yeah. Okay, and, you know, whether God had direct impact on that, you know, in your own mind or however you want to think about that, but stuff happens, and it's how we persevere through it and how we manage through exactly. it. Exactly. Um, is really the key, and so... For me, I like thinking about the armor of God. I love having that ability to put that on and realizing when you do that and you figure that out, I never knew anything about it till about three years ago yeah, when we right. started talking about it, when we started the right, show. Right, right. Um, and, you know, for me, that's a visual thing, and I know that that will have Satan flee. Um, that's powerful, man. I could watch the Avenger movies all day, and to think that we actually have that power and yeah. that we are in the supernatural exactly. here on earth right 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 forget about watching the shows thinking about that we're living in it yeah and so i think the just the take home message for me too is when you look at 2 corinthians 2 11 um jesus taught us that we are not going to be outwitted by satan for we are not ignorant of his designs and that's why you got to get in the word too so you know how to recognize what's going on exactly and when you're fighting with your wife or your children or your son um or your daughter um you, you realize that this is not of flesh and blood it's you're a supernatural place. You're right? place yeah you're cracking the door, right. like a, if a salesman right. comes to your door and you need a vacuum yeah. cleaner, yeah. you're not going to let him in. I mean, right. But if yeah. he gets his foot in the door and he's yeah. talking, yeah, yeah, let me just show yeah. you. Then you open the door wider and he gets yeah. more in. Yeah. Before you know it, he's in there. You know, same thing. That's how the Bible says clearly, do not give place to the devil. And that, what you quoted in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, that strategy is unforgiveness. Yes. And that's why the bitterness. Yeah, yeah. And, and I deal with that regularly. You know, that, I, that. I still can be a bitter guy. My anger can come up. 
And, you know, and that's going to, you know, I have to work on that. Um, and I have to realize there's no place for it. Yeah, exactly. There's zero place for that kind of uh, old Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the new Dave and the old Dave. The old Dave is still on the wall. You know, he occasionally shows up in the room, yeah. and it's not pretty. But I also know the new Dave is getting stronger and more visible. And hopefully soon, the new Dave absorbs the yeah. old Dave. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we're all in so, process, David. Yeah, to be, right. Once you come to Christ then the whole issue is to be conformed to the image of Christ, becoming more Christ-like. And, right. and again, we have the tools to do that. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God, mm-hmm. teachers, preachers, people, other mm-hmm. believers. And But the key, of course, is the Holy Spirit. He'll convict yeah. you. He'll illuminate. He'll bring scriptures you know, to bear. Because why? God's goal is like us parents. Our goal is, is, to, is to raise... Um, Fully matured yeah. children to adulthood, you know, socially, academically, it, responsibly. And John, the the last thing um, that I, that I want to mention is when you think about why you need to get in the gospel. If you look at Luke eight forty six, and those by the wayside are that they have heard. Then comes the devil, takes away the word from their heart that they may not believe and be saved. There you go. He doesn't want you to have eternal life. He doesn't want you to be free. He That's wants right. you to be dead in your 70 plus years. And you're, you know what? Your friend, you talked about the TV going out. That TV's only going out if you're not in the Word. Yeah. And so that's the whole other animal here is when you start to realize that's what he's doing, then that might give you a little get spot to open the Word, to realize there is, you are, you have, um, you are willed. Right eternal life exactly and and as you've said countless times don't you want to read the will don't you want to see what you're being given and that you have access oh, to sure i mean sure th- th- that's that's everything yeah i mean you know yeah. it's bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge right. he's given us this and particularly yeah. in america i mean you turn on a radio like one of you know, 103.3 yeah. or 89.9 FM. And, yeah. you know, we discuss yeah. God's word and we yeah. can be encouraged and you can just be driving in your car. Yeah. It's coming into you. Yeah. Well, thanks, David. And uh, thanks, thank Sean. you for tuning in, everyone that tuned in today. Uh, we look forward to, again, a show next week, God willing. And uh, we'll pick up, probably going to move into another area yes, we will. next yeah. week and topic. Yeah. And so we got a lot of things on the board. All right. God bless you all. And have, have a great, great weekend. weekend. God bless.